0: Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication.
1: GovComs is going along for the ride, and we will follow the journey of this multi year, multi phase research project, which is called Collective Engagement for Social Purpose.
2: In the interviews, respondents have discussed shared purpose um, and a sense of social purpose in slightly different but uh, related ways and I think ultimately it's our why, it's your reason for existing and for being and they spoke about things like it's our DNA, Um, it's actually our North Star and the things that we're striving to achieve but ultimately it's something that we all align on and can connect uh, with in some way so coming back to that idea of relevance and meaning uh, was a common theme that participants discussed when they were talking to us about their social purpose and how that was a shared uh, commitment that uh, the organisation had towards achieving some type of social cause or
0: or, um, issue
2: that they were addressing.
0: People these days are looking to create more of that purpose, but we do find, David, that this is actually relevant for people of all ages. We're finding that For many people we speak to, often their lived experience informs, you know, what they want to contribute and where they want to contribute to. So some people have had that lived experience at the age of 20 and other people don't have it until they're 60. Um, But we do see it across all age groups with people wanting to give back and to help. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Collective Engagement for Social Purpose podcast series, which is a collaboration between the GovComs Institute and the University of Adelaide's Dr. Taylor Wilmot and Professor Jody Conjute. My name is David Pembroke. Thanks for joining me. You will remember a couple of months ago, we kicked off the discussion about this fascinating research project with Dr. Wilmot and Professor Conjute, where we discussed where the idea for the research project had come from, what problem it was focused on, who's involved, and what the team is hoping to discover. Now, before we get into Episode 2, if you didn't listen to Episode 1, perhaps go back and have a listen. It was published on June the 22nd, because if you can listen to that, it will certainly help to bring context and understanding and insight into today's discussion. Now, since we last spoke, the team have been super busy analysing qualitative data from interviews with managers, directors, CEOs, founders and consultants who are working across a range of social issues in Australia, including sustainability, youth outreach, domestic violence, homelessness and public health. In total, 33 interviews were completed, equating to 561 pages of text and over 294,000 words. So in today's episode, we're going to be zooming in on this notion of shared purpose. And Really, it's such a relevant conversation when you consider what is happening around Australian politics at the moment and certainly the Albanese government who are framing their efforts through the narrative lens of together, where they're trying to convene a range of collaborative summits to really look to find How can we bring together people to find that common ground? So really, in this conversation today, it is just so super relevant. And Dr. Wilmot and Professor Conjute will share the key insights from their thematic analysis and to help us to understand how do you get a group of people to focus on shared purpose. So thank you very much to both Professor Conjute and Dr. Wilmot for joining us for this second episode.
2: Thanks for having us, David.
1: So Professor So Professor Condute, I might start with you really. To just let's get the basics in place. Let's get these foundations in place about unpacking this notion of, of shared purpose. How did the project define a shared purpose in the beginning? And how have you started to see the, the responses of people as they relate um, to that notion of shared purpose?
0: It's a great question, David. Thank you for asking it. it um, when we started out with this, we were looking at some industry reports. So the PWC um, in partnership with their Centre for Social Impact, they concluded a study that suggested that half a trillion dollars was spent each year on social purposes in Australia. So things like health, education, welfare, housing, the things you mentioned before, which is almost about 32% of our GDP here in Australia. Simultaneously, the Boston Consulting Group found that businesses or organisations that had a high level of social purpose actually had higher margins and higher valuations. So we were trying to understand and explore really what that meant and found that in academia or in literature, there were very few definitions on what it meant to have a social purpose. Um, One paper we found really talked about social purpose-driven organisations were ones where the people within the group felt that they were making a difference, that it was giving them a real sense of meaning, and it was really drawing their support. And so I think those things were quite important. It was really giving a sense of direction to what they were doing. Now, Taylor's been you know, exploring now what our interview respondents say about that. And I think it's it's quite similar, but maybe giving even some more insight.
1: So Dr. Wilmot, yeah, you might give us a, a bit of a sense of, of what the respondents have been saying to you.
0: Yeah,
2: so in the interviews, respondents have discussed shared purpose um, and a sense of social purpose in slightly different but uh, related ways. And I think ultimately it's, why It's your reason for existing and for being. And they spoke about things like it's our DNA, um, it's actually our North Star, and the things that we're striving to achieve. But ultimately, it's something that we all align on and can connect uh, with in some way. So coming back to that idea of relevance and meaning uh, was a common theme that participants discussed when they were talking to us about their social purpose and how that was a shared uh, commitment that uh, the organisation had towards achieving some type of social cause or, or um, issue that they were addressing. And I'll read you uh, one of the quotes that we have here, and they're talking about it not being something that was transactional, and it, it's, it's more of a values verdict and something that they stand by and that lives within the organisation. So, um, they you know they talked about how people will come actually come in with varying whys and, and varying values but it's very much about you know coming together as a group um, and embracing the tension of that in order to align on the, on a common vision and a common goal um, for achieving a social purpose.
1: I love that description of a values verdict can you explain that to me a little bit what, what were they trying to say when they used that phrase values verdict?
2: I think it's, you know, um, they were talking about that, you know, when they're doing the work that they're doing, you, you always have to have something that's guiding you an all star. And, and they spoke about values being something that they stand for. And while you could have, you know, your mission statement up on your website, uh, that people can find and, and, and read, but actually values to them is a representation of everyday actions and behaviors. And that is a much deeper level of purpose uh than say you know agreeing on on a set of terms and putting them up on a website um for people to view you know it's it's doing rather than than telling
1: so professor conjure do you find or have you found that it is a priority this notion of of social purpose or is it it, it, more, more generally, I suppose in, in the people that you've spoken to, or is it because you have been focused in these social issues that it's not a big surprise that people working in those areas do see this as such a priority and such an importance?
0: Um, it's almost their reason for being, David. It, it's what's attracting them into these areas. You know, it's for them. There's value in this purpose. Is why they exist as an organisation. It's really what motivates and drives people often to that organisation or to that cause. As I think Taylor mentioned before, there's you know varying whys and varying values that draw people in, but what really sticks them together and really helps them move forward and gives them that, if you like, that impetus or that energy is this social purpose in what they do. So. Look, it it is there, David, in the organisations that we spoke to, but I believe as all humans, you know, we're all striving to contribute to something bigger than ourselves. And we hear that quite a bit from the people that we've been speaking to.
1: Is it fair to, or or is it a a cliche almost, that younger people these days um, care more and that they're they're more likely to be engaged in organisations with a social purpose because of you know, the context that they've grown up in um, and the lives that they're leading. Is it is it true that it's, it's, it's more meaningful for younger rather than older uh, organisations and businesses?
0: There's definitely, you know, um, I think a lot of young people that we've been speaking to, people these days are looking to create more of that purpose. But we do find, David, that this is actually relevant for people of all ages. We're finding that... For many people we speak to, often their lived experience informs you know what they want to contribute and where they want to contribute to. So some people have had that lived experience at the age of 20 and other people don't have it until they're 60, um, but we do see it across all age groups with people wanting to give back and to help. But definitely there does seem to be momentum amongst a younger generation to really have that purpose in their working life in particular.
1: So Dr. Wilmot, if I might put a question to you, how how do you go about creating a shared purpose?
0: yeah i
2: think there are a number of different ways that you can go about creating a shared purpose and and that was reflected in the conversations that we had with interview um, participants that you know they would talk about different tools and techniques that they would use in their organization to develop uh, a shared purpose but i think ultimately it comes down to those values and and setting uh, I guess um, those values from the outset in order for that to, to guide the work that you're doing. So they did talk about tools like using co-creation and co-design processes to bring diverse groups of people into the room in order to discuss, you know, why are we here? What is it that we do, um, you know, what are the values that guide the work that we're doing? And, you know, some of the key principles that that guided those sessions, whether it was co-design um, or it was stakeholder engagement workshops were things like collaboration, inclusion, participation, and making sure everyone felt that they had a voice and that voice was being listened to in the room. And one of our participants spoke about uh, you know, a two-stage a two process that they went through. So they uh, conducted a series of co-design workshops and they did bring in a consultancy group that had expert facilitation skills to support that process of developing a shared purpose. Um, but they started with looking at what is the problem that we're looking to solve? Do we agree on that problem and why it is a problem? And then from there, they took on an, an approach of embracing diverse points of view um, acknowledging the tension that was in the room for what was a you know quite an emotive topic that they were talking about and once they agree on what that problem is why it's a problem and what their role is in addressing that problem they then started to become you know more focused on well what direction should we move forward in and that important stage of that process was um, agreeing on how best to approach the problem So we can all agree that the problem is the problem and why it's the problem. But if you don't go to that second phase of that process of establishing what the direction is and and agreeing that that's the best course of action, um, then I think your shared purpose kind of will fall flat as a result of that.
1: So did you get any insights from uh, the interviews that you did about sustaining um, that shared purpose once it's in place? Because it sounds like, you know, there are processes, there are, uh, you know, structures that can help you to deliver that common that common ground, that shared purpose. But as you mentioned before, it, it could be something that is translated into a, um, a mission statement, but then it's not ever used. The, you know, people don't go back to it. It becomes a bit of shelfware. So did you get any insights as to how people are trying to keep the shared purpose alive and keeping it relevant?
2: Yeah, we did. So some of the insights that um, came through from the interviews was the importance of leadership um, and in particular cultivating and fostering, um, you know, kind of T-shaped leadership skills, I suppose, where uh, leaders were not it wasn't top-down management they were you know talking to lower levels employees and being on the ground and we had one particular interviewee who really described how he was able to be on the coal face of the work that they were doing to not only listen to you know your customers which also have to share that purpose as well it's not only an internal purpose that you're creating it has to be reflected externally as well and your customers or your clients have to buy into that. Um, So he talked us through how he had to completely overhaul the internal culture of the organization. Um, And, you know, that did involve, unfortunately, you know, weeding out some key employees that didn't share that vision, didn't share, um, you know, that, that culture of listening and bringing everyone into the conversation, including clients. And so I think from there, he spoke about the importance of things like 360 reviews um, and having regular check-ins with employees um, and asking them, you know, what are our clients telling us? What is the feedback that we're receiving? And then coming back as a group regularly. So they spoke about not only, you know, their fortnightly discussions around the work and the progress that was being achieved in terms of their, overarching mission and purpose um, but also things as I mentioned like 360 reviews and and being able to evaluate from that perspective how are we measuring against our values and are we living them in our everyday practices and that particular interviewee participant was the one that emphasized the importance of our behaviors being a reflection of our values and one of the tactics that he discussed when um, you know inevitably you might steer away from some of those core values was actually um, their online portal that they have. And so if a leader, Within the organisation, you know, notices that a behaviour within the organisation is steering away from from that value that reflects the the, the high order purpose of the organisation, referring the employee, you know, back into that training module about you know um, empathy and connection or having conversations. So there are a number of different um, ways in which I think you can bring the organisation back onto course and, and have that shared purpose when, you know, you you notice that it's, um, you know, steered away or it's not being maintained, as you mentioned.
1: So, Professor Conjit, are there any factors that can help create that sense of, of sharedness, if that's a word, um, in this notion of, of having a shared purpose? Those, you know, what's going to help you to get to the right outcome?
0: Thanks, David. Um, We found a few things. One is we really need a sense of alignment and I I might just expand on that a little bit but also we need some real clarity and transparency around what our shared purpose is. The getting people all on board and getting aligned in their understanding with a shared purpose is actually a concept that has challenged us a little bit in understanding it because in our interviews people talk about the need to have alignment and a shared purpose but they also talk about the need to have diversity and different opinions and different roles and different people at the table. So there's almost a dichotomy between um, needing people on the same page but actually bringing in people with perhaps slightly different motivations, different points of views and then um, moulding those into a really comprehensive understanding and alignment to what the group is working towards. And we found that, you know, the organisations that have taken their time to do that have a really clear understanding and are able to really clearly communicate what they're about because they've thought it through in detail and in depth. And, you know, for that, you know that's really stood out for us.
1: Mm. Well, it's certainly, you know, you, you go back to those figures that you were quoting earlier, particularly around BCG and performance that comes from really having this um, powerful shared purpose so um what makes a good shared purpose you know in terms of being able to drive that performance you talk about that diversity you talk about time you talk about shaping towards that alignment and that clarity and that transparency where everyone is sort of agreed that this is who we are this is what we stand for this is what we're trying to do but but what does make a good shared purpose
0: yeah, as you say David, I think first and foremost is clarity and transparency. It's about everybody being, you know, singing to the same hymn sheet, if you like. We have a I have a quote here from one of um, our interviewees that said, you know, everybody knows the story, everyone from the chair of the audit and risk committee to our state government funders, you know, to the people that answer the phones, they know what it is that we focus on. You know, economic social impact is is what we are known for. So I think having first and foremost that clarity, that transparency, having that clear messaging. But accompanying that I think is the need to have a, a sense of urgency, a heightened sense of passion and energy and empathy that also come for that. So it's not just the, the rational cognitive view of this is what we're about and this is what we do, but then a real um, energy and passion that also sit behind that. and. You know, that obviously, you know, Taylor talked before about the, you know, the need to sort of manage and um, bring culture forward to celebrate success, to keep imbibing you know, your employees and the people that you're working with, with that sense of passion and urgency around the, the cause or around the purpose.
1: So, Dr. Wilmot, you obviously you're knee deep in this, you know, 294,000 words. For from your point of view, how how clear was this sense of the need for urgency that need for passion the need for energy indeed to be able to generate that um, successful shared purpose
2: yeah i think it was hugely important um and I wanted to emphasize as well on top of that is that share purpose, as you said, David, before, is not something that you do in a half day workshop and then it gets put up on the website and we, you know, we forget about it. It has to be an ongoing iterative process that um, you regularly revisit and review. And, you know, as Jody was saying, if, if you don't get buy-in internally and externally, it's not going to be something that drives or propels an organization forward towards success, towards tackling and addressing some complex social issues. So whether that's reflected in in company culture um, or as that's reflected in external reput- reputation that's being developed as a result of the work that you're doing, but as that participant said, they, they their purpose, is you know it's known it's it's what they've built their reputation on and everyone knows the story and i think coming back to that clarity and purpose is really key and getting everyone to know that we stand for this um is a key part of of creating a shared purpose
1: so having had the benefit of the work that you've done so far and clearly there's a long way to go in terms of this research project but just to return, perhaps to some of those the observation I made in the in, in the beginning, um, in the introduction, around uh, you know we have the job summit that's coming up. We've got tech summits coming up. We've got ministers sort of convening these these gathering points, which is essentially what they're trying to do is to identify that shared purpose and to get everyone to to agree. When clearly you know there are going to be differences of opinion, so without probably being too specific about what um, help or guidance you might be able to offer um, those conversations based on what you know so far, what might be a a process that would work um, to ensure that those collaborations are are successful? And Professor Conjit, I might put that to you first.
0: I think um, without sort of going through a process because obviously Taylor and I, you know, it's still working through that, Um, but there are some clear things that we're finding. One is, you know, making sure that you've got the right people at the table to begin with and, you know, making sure that you've got that real diversity of opinion, not only from people within government or within the organisations, but also the people who, for whom, you know, this social purpose is about um, and enabling those people to also have a voice and, um, you know, believe that they're being heard. I think the other part of that is as I said, creating that sense of urgency, but also creating some, you know, um, safety and trust that people believe that not only are they going to be heard, but their um, words and actions will be acted upon. So also giving them a sense of agency, that you know there will be something that comes from this, that almost psychological safety and trust is equally important so that they speak up at those events. Um, and then I think some really clear facilitation for drawing people together. Everyone around the table that comes in is going to have some experience of this. That's why they've been chosen, but all their experiences will be really different. So it's gonna take, I guess, strong leadership to, it's, it's almost again, a dichotomy. We want the, the feelings to come from the ground up and the momentum to come from the ground up, but some clear leadership to really pull that together, you know, to um, a clear understanding of what we're trying to do. And my last points, I guess, would be to – well, two points, actually. To really get a sense of people can engage with each other, to also focus on those human connections between the different people in the room because that will also help to not only create the momentum in the first instance but ensure that it remains ongoing, that it's not left just to one or two people, that everyone feels really connected to each other and to the cause.
1: Mm. Very good. (laughs) I'm scribbling that down I might send that to somebody I know who's who's got some involvement sounds like a good roadmap Um, uh, Dr Wilmot what would would your sort of guidance be
2: yeah I think Jodie kind of very uh, eloquently summarized what what has come through in the interviews in terms of creating a shared purpose but I, the only addition I, I would have is um, the importance of leadership in that process and not leadership in the traditional sense of sort of command and control in that setting, but more a leadership that's authentic and that embraces, um, you know, collaboration and participation of all in that process of coming together to align on, on a social purpose.
1: But it's interesting, isn't it? Because at the moment, these particular events that we're talking about are look to be conceived as a sort of one-off event we're going to you know come together going to have a day but really what you're both suggesting is that this really needs to be a you know an ongoing conversation um and to build that trust over time so is it and to build those connections over time so these difficult conversations uh can be had because there is a diversity of view clearly
0: definitely yeah the saying david that rome wasn't built in a day definitely you know holds here um but we do think you know to embed that really deep level of engagement around the social purpose it does need to be something that's you know continued and almost not even just tapped back into occasionally it almost needs to have some thread that keeps people connected to it you know at all times
1: and for you dr wilmot your your views on that
2: yeah, I I'll share an interesting example that I was um reading the other day and it was actually in regards to the NH trust and they in 2011 um, they received some funding around um, changing organizational culture um, in the trust at the time and also this importance of transformational leadership and when I was reading through that article which I'm, I'm happy to share and you can pop in the show notes as well they they went through a framework for how they created a, a shared purpose within the NHS trust and they were specifically focusing on nurses and midwives, but ultimately over the course of many years they it, it, it led to a full organizational kind of um, transformation. But they kind of spoke about, that exact thing that we we're speaking about, the, the process of it happening, you know, as a cumulative process of developing a shared purpose. And I think if we're looking at shared purpose as a means of um, breaking down barriers, uh, challenging the status quo, um, you know, in terms of culture, becoming more collaborative and, and um, you know, uh, addressing conflicting agendas in the room, that that overarching kind of framework would be really useful um, in terms of informing the process.
1: Now, NHS, is you're talking about, the is that the National Health Service in the UK? Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. Okay, great. No, we'll get that and we'll put that in the show notes because there's um, often a lot of very good um, examples coming out of that part of the world in terms of um, this notion of um, you know, communication, engagement, building cultures, so um, that's very valuable. So, um, lots more work to do for um, for the research project. So, where to from here? Where's where, where are we heading to now, um, Professor Conjute, I'd come to you first. Um, I know Dr. Wilmot's. You know, got the Sherpa work, or a lot of the work in terms of diving in and and continuing to think about it. But from your point of view, what what's next from from your point of view?
0: Well, you know, from our point of view, um, firming up a lot of these ideas, David. Um, we're said continuing to finalise, you know, our analysis. But we've been discussing here, I guess, the initial stages of understanding the emergence of how you get that shared shared purpose. But you said we want to look more and investigate more how you maintain that over time um, how you sort of build momentum about around that and I guess how you put in place systems so that we can continue to learn develop innovate you know around these um, shared purpose aspects so uh, expanding this out um, not just to the the evolution stages but you know the maintenance and evolution of this over time
1: Hmm. it's certainly so relevant isn't it when you particularly when you consider the changes that are taking place driven largely you know by technology and then the behaviors that are are coming off the back of that uh, the you know tech digital transformation etc that you know having this sort of ongoing conversation having this sort of mindset that you know the job's never done and we're going to move and change and you know there really is no end point to this that it makes it so relevant that this research will give people a a really clear understanding of what is the best way to do that. So for you, uh, Dr. Wilmot, um, what's next for you?
2: Yeah, it would be around establishing uh, and maintaining, understanding how we establish and maintain engagement with the shared purpose, as you mentioned, David, over a longer period of time. And I think looking at, um, you know, systems for learning and development uh, and evaluation within the you know the context of a social purpose will be key moving forward for us in developing some actionable frameworks that um, practitioners and policymakers can pick up and use um, um, and you know, be able to really understand this idea of collective engagement and how you can foster that at, in in a social context as well.
1: Mm. I'll be fascinated to to see where you land on that because this is just a personal experience here. A, a content group with very clear um, uh, vision, very clear mission, and very clear values. And our mission is to help government strengthen communities and improve the well-being of citizens through effective communication. And our values are to be kind, to be curious, and to be remarkable. Now, just to understand, you know, trying to keep that relevant as we sort of change and evolve and adapt and all the rest of it, but I've sort of, I'm often challenged by this notion of, you know, are we still doing, are we doing the right thing? Do we need to change? Do we need to change our values? Do we need to think more about our behaviours? But... It's sort of a frame that works well for us um, as a guiding um, principles, a set of uh, principles and framework. But then, I suppose it's the activity that happens inside that, as things change, that allows us to um, sort of evolve our culture uh, and, and the way we work and the way we engage and the way we interact. Because even things like um, you know the changing workplace, you know, flexible work, all of a sudden we're dealing with a really key. Input into the way an organisation operates, and then how do you deal with that? How how do you take that on inside the the wider framework? So, if you can sort that out for me, I'd be uh, very grateful, uh, and look forward to um, to that. But listen, fantastic conversation today. Really enjoyed that, and I think there's a really clear pathway. Um, you know, and c- uh, clearly the you know the purpose of this podcast series is to engage people in the research project that you're doing, but it's also as we go to help people to learn and to understand and to, to take the wisdom um, as you're discovering it. And I think there today, um, there's a clear pathway uh, and, and also emerging frameworks that people can use uh, today um, to really improve that. So uh, thanks again. Uh, for coming on to our podcast um, this collective podcast series about collective engagement for social purpose between the GovComps Institute and the University of Adelaide's Dr Taylor Wilmot and Professor Jodie Conjut. so thank you very much for your participation today and I look forward to episode three in uh, the weeks ahead.
0: Thank you David. Thank you.
1: And to you, the audience, thank you for coming back once again. This is a fascinating. This is great stuff, isn't it? Really? We're, we're working with a couple of Australia's leading research researchers in a key and critical and fundamental uh, area of practice and focus uh, and to be able to you know, take us on the journey of, of what they're finding out as they go through this process. How lucky are you? Yeah, it's really good. So thank you uh, very much to them. Uh, and as I say, we'll keep this going as we go through the series, as we understand a little bit more and clearly the next conversation is about you know how do we keep these um, social purposes once we've got them defined how do we keep them alive relevant and helping um, to to drive that performance as uh, professor conjute said the bcg numbers say that if you do this and you do it well your organization will perform much better my name's david pembroke thanks again for coming along we'll be back at the same time in two weeks but for the moment it's bye for now
0: You've been listening to the GovCom's podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.